Welcome, everyone, to the first inaugural initial startup episode of the Mighty Thor podcast. I am one half of the hosting duties for this podcast. Uh, I go by many names, um, most of them only four letters, but I'll cut it down even more, and you can just call me Ed. And uh, I do have a co-host. Uh, it is a she and she prefers to go by Terry. Terry. So it's t- that is four letters, by the way, Terry. Um, and Ed, Terry and Ed. I'm Ed. I'm Terry. So there we go. All right. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in or stopping by or however you want to put it to this first episode of the uh, Mighty Thor podcast. Um, I've been reading comic books for 30 some odd years, 33 or something like that. Um, I've collected them for a long, long time, but I've recently gotten out from under my 25-plus long box moving addiction and have sold them, and uh, now I go with trades or borrow them or whatever means I can, uh, but I, I don't really collect the comic books anymore. But don't worry, I still keep up quite well. And I myself have been reading comic books for approximately four months. And I say that because the comic books I used to read are not considered comic books, apparently, by the uh, comic book aficionados of this world. Well, well, what were they? Jughead and Archie and Mad Magazine and uh, that, that sort of thing. Well, those are, except for Mad Magazine, although Mad Magazine is owned by DC now. I don't know if you knew that, but... Um, Archie and Jughead and those guys, those are those are comic books. I mean, the the fanboys or the the real geeks that might be listening to the show might not think so, but they are. I mean, you consider that the company Archie probably has four or five different titles that are over 400 issues. So I mean, obviously somebody buys them and continues yeah. to buy them. You know, used to be me. <laughs> so you know, yeah, no, that that's not bad. You know, I've known people that grew up with uh, the Caspers and the Hot Stuffs and the, uh, you know, stuff like that from Dell Comics and stuff. So there's there's nothing wrong with the Archies. Uh, I'd imagine, I can't recall because it's been rather long ago, but when I was younger, I probably was known to read one or two just to have my hands on a comic book. So nothing wrong with that. But more interesting than that is you say six or four months. Four months. Do you remember what the first comic book you read was? Hmm. I don't remember the name of the series. Was it Athena Voltaire? Yes. Was that the first one? That was the first one, yes. And then the series after that was the... Um, And I never can remember the title. The series from Marvel that Straczynski and Colleen Doran did about that weird dreamlike guy with the cat. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very beautiful artwork. Yes, it was. It was gorgeous. And then since then, you've just hit and missed a little bit. You tried some Sandman, but – now, this is uh, the Neil Gaiman Sandman, but couldn't really get into that. No, not really. I like the mouse guard. Mouse guard, okay. That was good. Okay, okay, so there's a... And I've been to my first HeroCon. Oh, when was that? 
couple months ago. Oh, this year? Yeah. Well, coolness. Okay. And I didn't geek out either. I mean, I wasn't staring and pointing and and all that good stuff. I was actually, you know, kind of fitting in a little bit. Did have my camera. Was taking pictures of everybody dressed up, but. Okay. All right. We'll see. And I managed. I managed to spend about a hundred bucks on comic books. I figured that got me in the club a little there. A little bit. Got you some consideration at least. Yep. All right. So there you go, guys. There's just a little bit of, of history about the two of us. I'm sure as time goes by, we'll drop more little tidbits and maybe a bombshell or two. Um, the way we've decided to set this up is is we're going to release the show on a biweekly schedule. Hopefully, the first episode, we will discuss the latest issue and a, uh, a, a retro review. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning of Thor for Marvel, and that would be Journey into Mystery um, 83. So that will be our first retro review. But the first show of the month will be the current and a retro, and then the second show will be two retros. I uh, kind of want to do it that way because there's not necessarily new stuff out more than once a month, but also... If we do one current and three old, we'll kind of move through the older books a little bit faster and start catching up to where we are now. Now, um, there there can be exceptions if there's like a, a, a miniseries coming out that impacts the the Thor canon. Um, now, a lot of these miniseries are unrelated and have no bearing on the main series as it as it marches forward. Um, Terry and I will sit down and, and decide whether or not we want to do those miniseries or one-shots that really have no direct bearing on Thor. Um, other storylines like uh, the siege that just finished up, you know, we, we would cover something like that because it, it directly impacted Thor and, and Asgard. Um, maybe some other events if there's a Thor miniseries that's part of it like um, uh, Dark Rain. I don't know if it had a Thor miniseries. I don't believe it did, but Secret Invasion did. Things like that. So we'll, we'll Terry and I will sit down to, and decide. And, and by all means, if you know, if you guys that are listening feel that we should cover something, uh, please suggest it. Terry and I will sit down and talk about it. You still may be vetoed, but you know, at least we'll know that it's something that you're interested in. Now. That being said, this very first episode is an exception because what we're going to do, the current issue is 612. Uh, the current storyline started one issue back in 611, so we're going to cover those two. And this past week, the Rage of Thor one-shot came out. So if we can, we're going to try to cover that this um, episode also, and that'll kind of uh, get us up to date on the main series. It'll the the one shot is is kind of canonical uh it it didn't say one way or the other but it could very well be having read it um i know there are some other mini series going on right now for thor but we're coming in midstream so um what we'll do is after those are finished we'll then sit down and look through them and see if it's something we want to include and we'll just back up and grab the whole mini series as a whole and kind of catch up that way um Terry, is that pretty much what we decided we were going to do with the show and everything and how we were going to Sound, do it? Sounds exactly right. Okay. All right. Now, uh, we do actually have a little feedback uh, to start off with here. We uh, have our first comment on the website, 
which is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. But I'll give that to you again at the end of the show. Don't worry about it. Uh, the first comment is by Steve Aromi, and I don't know if it was supposed to be Steve Steve Aroni or you know I, Steve Aromi is how I'll say it. And he says, "By Odin's blood, thou hast brought greatness to comic book noise, brethren." Well, Steve Aromi, uh, thanks, appreciate it. Hopefully, Terry and I will be able to to carry on the uh, the excellent. Uh, history of, of shows that Comic Book Noise and, and Derek has put out. Um, I guess only only time will tell. We also uh, have a fan page on Facebook, The Mighty Thorcast is what it's called, and we already have 19 likes on it. So word has been getting out over the past couple weeks that we were starting this up, and so those folks have decided to Throw their hat in the ring with uh, the I like it's. So there we go with that. That's our feedback. Now, as I said, we're going to start our reviewing with issue 611 of the current volume. Uh, This volume started in 2007, and any of you guys that have been reading Thor, you know that that volume started with a 1, and went to 12, and then at 12, they reverted back to original numbering, which for issue 13 was 600. And so now we have progressed up to 612 as the current. So this current volume has been running, well, actually it's been running longer than two years. It's been almost three because there were some scheduling issues uh, during the, I believe, Straczynski years. So, all right. So, Terry, you ready to go with this? I'm ready. All right. Issue 611 opens up right at the end of Siege. The uh, byline is Asgard, Oklahoma, and not going to go into a whole lot of background. Those of you that have been reading it know. Those of you that don't, if you just listen in, we'll, we'll throw little bits and pieces out there rather than talking about this whole complete volume right now. Like I said, that's 20-some issues, and that that would just take a very long time. So, scene opens, and we have Thor, Balder the Brave, and Tyr surveying a much broken Asgard. They, uh, they lost many family members and friends and acquaintances in, in this uh, siege that Harry Osborn laid down on them. Uh, several are dead from the culmination of the siege. Many, many Asgardians died during the siege. So basically, Baldar is uh, is king of Asgard. Thor was king and is is kind of the right hand man. And Tyr uh, has decided to put down his semi nefarious ways and fight uh, with Asgard to to try to save her. Uh, and he did apparently. Uh, did such a good job that several of the Asgardians that have survived feel that perhaps what has befallen them was Baldar's fault because he was the king, and they suggest that perhaps Tyr should be the new king. Now, also simultaneously, we have a portion of the story that is running, and it deals with the Asir. A-E-S-I-R, uh, 
who come to find out are the cursed shield maidens of Bor, who is Thor's grandfather, father to Odin. Now, later on in the storyline, it'll explain what Bor did, but he somehow cursed his handmaidens and turned them into a, some, at this point we're not sure, some sort of a vampiric state. Um, and they're, they've been cursed to live that way for all eternity. They have a, a very close connection to hell, uh, because we see them being conjured by inhabitants of Mephisto's realm. And in so doing, the Asir arrive and they're rather pissed. And they start killing people and seem to be rather effective at it, actually. Now, what they're doing is they're looking for others of their kind, other Asgardians, because they derive sustenance from them, apparently by sucking and consuming their soul. That's what I is that, was that got out of it. Thought? Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't really say, but you can just tell by the way they talk in their actions that that's the essence of the Asgardian, even the essence of the dead Asgardians, which even the dead folks would still have a soul. You know, they mention in here, the Assyrians do, that they are not allowed to consume those that they kill. So that led me to wonder, okay, does that mean like Assyr number one can't kill an Asgardian and Assyr number two consume? Is it like across all Assyrs, they no, no matter which one of them kills, none of them can consume? Well, you know, that didn't occur to me. That's an interesting thought. But automatically, my assumption would be an all-or-nothing kind of curse. Those that are called a seer cannot kill and consume both. So, okay. Um, and and so they that is one of the reasons why they have descended to hell is they're looking for the Asgardians that died in the recent attack. They're kind of. Um, coon-dogging them, kind of tracking them, trying to find them. What has happened is, uh, as part of the siege, Asgard fell. Uh, not fell like was defeated, but physically, it fell. It was being held above this section of Oklahoma, and it was 100, 200 feet in the air. Well, during the siege, whatever enchantment caused that was stopped. So now Asgard has literally crashed down to earth. In doing so, the connections to a lot of the other nine realms, or actually eight realms, of Asgard have been broken. One of those connections is hell. So now what has occurred is the queen of hell, and I, uh, Muspilheim, I, I can't remember what the Asgardians call hell, but it's hell. Not to be confused with Hela, who is the queen, H-E-L-A, so... Um, so she doesn't have a land, but yet she has all these dead people that are her charges. And so she's trying to figure out a place to put them, in part because she knows that the Asir are out there and have been hunting. Now, she hasn't let on to anybody, but I guess being a, a death goddess, she's aware of this. And so she approached Mephisto, who is a demonic Marvel mainstay, and... um propositioned him for a portion of his lands to set up as hers. Um, 
I think it says in the next issue what it is she gave up for that. I believe she gave up a part of herself, part of her powers, part of her soul or something like that to him, which would make sense because Mephisto is all about souls. And so the Aesir in their hunt for these dead-ass guardians uh, come to Mephisto's realm and they confront him. And basically he says, well, I'll do what you want if you – and he, he – picks the one that's talking to him, become my um, mate, my paramour, my concubine, whatever the dead hell equivalent of like a wife is. Um, Let's see if, if it actually uses a word here. No, but what they have done uh, also to gain uh, favor with Mephisto is they have pledged themselves to him. So they they basically follow his orders. Now, we uh, we cut to the actual section of Mephisto's realm of hell that is being used by Hela and the Asgardians are here in a in a purgatorious kind of place. They're just kind of chilling, and they're they're still battling, which is part of the Asgardian Viking myth is that when they go to heaven, they will be able to fight forever because fighting is is glorious. And these Asir attack them, and apparently it appears as if these dead Asgardians can't really do much with them because they get pretty trashed, and Hela comes out. And tries to to fight one of them, the one that kind of looks like the leader, uh, but she's she being Hela is ambushed, and so in a bid to get away, she disappears and takes all of her people with her, and in the process, her section of hell disappears. She like takes everything with her and goes into hiding. It's not. Really a hiding hiding. The Asir know where she is, but they just can't get to her. Um, there's a discussion about the merits of Baldar still being king now going on at Asgard, like I mentioned earlier. Hela appears to them asking for help, saying that these Asir are out there. They're real. They're attacking her people, which is also a big deal to the Asgardians because those are the souls of their friends and family and everything like that. So they kind of have a, a vested interest in it. Now, in the course of the conversation, Hela says that you know who is attacking us, but I can't say because if I say, no matter where they are, they'll hear. And one of the other Asgardians, in a, in a, a fit of um, hubris, uh, I guess would be the word, says their name. And one of them comes upon him in a spirit form and just literally slices and dices him. Tears him limb from limb. Uh, thereby uh, signifying that the Asir are real or whatever just happened was mighty circumstantial because everybody that was involved in the conversation saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can necessarily see the Asir, but boy, you could see the effects. And they were rather graphically drawn. Uh, so now the Asir takes limited shape in the blood of this ex-guardian she just killed, 
and confronts these uh, other Asgardians, Tyr and Baldar and Thor, who Hela was conversing, basically telling them, no, don't listen to her, stay away, because if you come, we'll kill you, just like we're going to kill all your ghosty friends. And that was enough for Thor and company to realize that, yes, they knew need to get motivated and get going, and so they decide to take off to hell. All right. Terry, do you want to uh, talk about the issues individually, or do you want to talk about them both together after a recap, or what do you think? Whichever you prefer. Um, okay, we'll, we'll do them together. Okay. We'll go ahead and do them together. Okay. All right, so now, um, issue 612, this is the, the most recent issue. 611 ended with Thor going to hell. Yes, uh, kind of like Avengers Assemble or yes. whatever other rallying cry there is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Weapons drawn. And he was he was drawn very kinetically, like he was charging out of the page, yes. holding his hammer up, yelling yes. to hell. So. <laughs> All right. So I, I I take it that made a made an impression on you. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds like it. Okay. So now the. Uh, Issue 612 here opens, and uh, the byline here, uh, which I know is a bad word, but it's the only word I can think of, says, The Siege of Castle Hela, Mephisto's Hell. So this is the stronghold that Hela made, pulling all her powers within herself. And it is still, it's it's in Mephisto's portion of Hell. Um, the Aesir... Are gathering. Uh, they're discussing, you know, what what they can and can't do. How how do we get in here? Everything like that. Um, even though they recently cried the rallying to hell cry, Thor and and company are still here in Asgard with a young lady who. Terry and I have been trying to figure out who it is, and I don't recognize her, and I don't think they say her name. But she apparently is versed enough in Asgardian mythology that she knows the history of the Asir. Uh, we do find out that the Asgardian that was brutally cut up is named Hakan. And this young lady that tells them the story was in issue 611. She was one of the people crying for Baldar to be removed and replaced. But there's no there's no name given that I can find. So, um, so Baldar decides that he is king, so he needs to stay behind. Uh, Thor says he's definitely going, and he asks Tyr to go with him. Even though Tyr doesn't necessarily believe in these Asir, even on top of what he's just seen. And and the story, I mean, the story that was told was very believable. It wasn't some big fantastical. And he's already seen the results of them t attacking. So, you know, I mean, it's it's known throughout mythology that cursed beings can turn kind of weird, you mm -hmm. know, in so. But. He just he doesn't believe, but he goes with Thor because Tyr is the god of god of war. 
I think, is what he is. The Asgardian, gar- the Asgardian god of war. Tyr. Yes, because Thor has said before that he has to go on missions because he is the one that has the war knowledge. Yeah, so... So I, you know, that's why Tyr is going because he never shrinks from a battle. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's going to fight, whereas Thor is going for the like the greater good kind of thing. All right, so now we see the Asir, um and Thor, <laughs> Thor and Tyr unfortunately drop right into their midst, uh, and the Asir are not completely ready for them, but they weren't caught off guard either. So a battle ensues between Thor and Tyr on one side and, I don't know, eight or ten or more Asir. I mean, not mm-hmm. a whole lot more, but significant numbers. So um looks like Thor and Tyr are going to be defeated, but then Hela enters the, the fray, leading her army of dead slash undead people now not undead zombie but just i guess they're dead and in, in, in an asgardian kind of way which is kind of different from us and she distracts the asir with the attack long enough for almost all of her people and herself thor and tyr to get away uh they slip into her fortress that she has made with 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 her powers and turns out with a portion of of herself invested in it. We then see that uh, there's a flashback that during the siege of Asgard, Loki came to Hela and told her that he had freed these Asir and were in control of them. And of course, not of course, but these Asir being only beings of legend, she didn't believe Loki either, but re- came to realize that something was up because she could feel them out there, like, sucking her people dry. So um, the Asir head back over to Mephisto, and they are asking him for help. He indicates to them what he will require of them for his help, and it's a two-part thing. One is the betrothal, I guess, of one of their members, and the other is this Mamma Jamma mystical sword. The Eargram. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to find the name of it. It's the only thing that can fight the Asir. Thor's looking for it, too. The only thing that can hurt him? Yes. Okay. And the Asir had it? Yes, they stole it from Hela. Okay, she had it. That was the sword she had. And then yeah, he- that was the sword that okay. he had get, that, that Loki had given her. Right, okay. Yeah, when he was telling her about it. Right. About him. And that was the, that was the sword that she was holding when the Asir came and, and, and tricked her and got it away from her. Right, yeah, that's right. That's they, when they stole it. They separated her from it? Yes. And she had to go and leave the sword. And, and they took it to hell to hide it. So now they've given it to Mephisto to 
you know, with the thought, I guess, that anybody now that needs to get it has to go through Mephisto. Actually, she tried to give it to Mephisto. Mephisto's like, I don't want any part of your argument with anyone else. He's so funny because he's like, yes, I've told Hella she can have part of my hell, but I'm not going to worry about that. Who am I to to worry about whether or not I've kept my promise to somebody? I don't care. And so the, she comes with the sword and is like, can I hide? Will you take this? And he's like, no, but you can leave it here. If you, you can like. leave it here. OK, <laughs> he's very noncommittal. So basically he's not going to do anything. But, yeah, you can put it there. Yeah. OK. All right, we uh, we go back to Hellas Fortress. Um, there's a um, conversation between Tyr and Thor as far as what their motivation for being there is, why they're doing it, basically. And then Thor heads over to uh, Mephisto's um, uh, castle, his headquarters. And basically is is trying to entreat Mephisto to help him battle and defeat the Aesir, just like they were there previously asking for the same thing, only in reverse. And um, I think basically that's the, the biggest part of those two issues. Anything, anything else you want to add, Terry? No, not really. I just, I, Mephisto just, he, he's, he really is so maniacal. I just, I, I love the way that the character is written because he's like, you know, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll promise you that. Oh, no, I don't care what I promised him. Go on with whatever you want to do. So now he's asking Thor. He said, well, uh, I'll promise you this. And Thor's like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, well, fine. But, you know, if he had actually, Thor had taken him up on his promise, he wouldn't have kept it. Yeah, he'd have reneged So it anyways. wouldn't have mattered anyway. So Thor's smarter than he is. Yeah. All right. So now um, the uh, stepping back a little bit from the story and uh, talking about the books themselves, the covers for both um, are from a, a new person. I don't believe I've run across his name before. Uh, Miko Suyan, S-U-A-Y-A-N, Suyan, I believe is how it's pronounced. And both of them, them being the uh, books, 611 and 610, are uh, – 611 and 612, sorry – are both written by the same guy and – let me get that. I didn't write it down here. Kieran Gillian or Gillen. Yeah, here it is. Kieran Gillen uh, is the writer for both, but the artist, the, the penciler and the, the colorers are different. For 612, it is Doug Braithwaite on pencils and John Rausch and Andy Troy on colors. And then for 611, it is Rich Elson on art and Andy Troy by himself on colors. And I, I will say that I liked issue 611 penciled by Mr. Elson better than I did 612. What did you think, Terry? I thought that they were much similar. In, in my eyes, 
But you've been looking at comic books a lot longer than I have. Okay. I didn't really notice a, a big difference. Really? Okay. In the art. I will have to pay more attention to that well, in the future. I mean, it, it, it just, it really stood out to me. I thought that their styles were very, very different. And so as I read one and then went to the other, I noticed, oh, well, they changed artists because it was, it was a big difference. Not that either one was bad. And actually, to the, the Thor, Asgard mythology kind of thing, uh, Braithwaite's art probably is a better fit for that type of storytelling than what Elson is. But I just like Elson's clean lines, um, as opposed to this, the Braithwaite just did pencils, uh, and it almost looked like the color is painted over his pencils. Whereas for Elson, it was, um, drawn and inked and then it was colored so it just i think it's the style difference that that made the the difference in the art so you preferred 11 to 12 yes yeah i'm flipping back through okay to see if i see what you're speaking of okay um and you know as far as uh, as far as the story um i you know it's it's a good Asgardian kind of story. It's a it's a journey into hell. Um, you'd probably make a lot of money if you got paid every time Thor went into hell. Um, Hercules went into hell. Um, I think even Odysseus, um, Ulysses went into hell. Uh, so it's you know, it's a standard warrior's journey. At some point, if you're a big warrior, you have to go to hell. Well, that's the ultimate foe, death. So in hell. So I. I uh, do like the uh, idea of the Asir. Um, on and off over the years through Thor, I don't recall ever running into this idea, and it really fits in with the rest of the Asgard mythos and mythology. So I, I was really surprised that somebody was able to create something now that fit in so well after, oh, I don't know, 40 years of telling stories in this setting. Somebody comes along and says, oh, well, here's something that's not been done. Let's put you some know. vampires in there. They're big. Soul vampires, yeah. <laughs> the, these vampires don't twinkle either, guys, so don't don't worry. It's okay. All right. Um, so, Terry, overall, um, what, what did you think about these two issues of Thor? I actually enjoyed them very much. I think this is a this is an interesting story fighting these foes that are apparently almost impossible to um defeat unless you have the magical sword or have magical powers of some sort and um I'm just I'm I'm really I'm really digging the whole the whole storyline okay um how and I like I like the little bit of humor that they throw in well particularly Mephisto yes but. he's he's very humorous to me um, how do you feel about being dropped into this book? Um, I know this is the beginning of a storyline, but obviously something pretty substantial must have happened just before. Um, I don't know if you've gone back to read those, but do, do you have an interest to do that? I mean, does it – or are you okay just picking up right after the end of the siege and moving on? Well, honestly, when we talked about doing this show, I went online and printed – a lot of the mythos of Thor so that I could kind of see where he started, who, what he's gone through, and, and where he's been and getting to this point. Now, I have still have some of the middle 
like I've read the very beginning and how he got started. And now I'm reading this end, and I still have a lot in the middle that I have to get to. But I'm interested in reading more about Asgard and and how it fell. I'm wanting to go back to the previous story to see if it tells me more about what happened to Asgard. Okay. Yeah, I think when I have a chance, I'm going to sit down and and brush up on it and and reread all of this all of this current volume. Yeah. Because it it was kind of like a a big reset, and they've, I mean, you, you know, you'll see bad guys from the past thirty or forty years, but as far as what is going on directly with these people, it reset and started over with the first issue of this volume. So, okay, okay. Um, so you say overall six eleven and six twelve you liked, you enjoyed reading those. Yes. Okay. I did too. Um, I did like the art for six eleven better. Um, and now that you've said that, I went back and looked and flipped back and forth, and I I do too. I like the art better from six eleven. It was cleaner, and it's probably a girly thing to say, but it was almost prettier. Thor's better looking in six eleven than he is in six twelve. I mean, okay. it just the the drawing is more refined. Yeah, in six eleven, it's cleaner. Uh, like I say, I I think what happened is Braithwaite just did pencils. And then the coloring was almost painted, and so it it filled out the figures a lot more than having distinct lines to color in, like uh, Rich Elson's art did in 611, which just that's the style of art that I prefer. I'm not going to say it's a better it's a better art. That's just what I prefer looking at when I read. All right. Um, now, looks like we have. Well, what do you think, Terry? We're at about the forty-five minute mark. Uh, do you want to do that one shot, or do you want to hold off and slide it into the next episode? I think we should hold off and slide it into the next episode because it's more more like the older. Okay. When I went and read the older, the one shot is is more. In the style of the older rather than these newer, okay. in my opinion. So it'll fit in right nicely with them. Okay. All right. That'll work then. Um, all right. So now what we have on tap for next episode is the Rage of Thor one-shot from this year, 2010. And then we'll go ahead and line up Journey into Mysteries 83 and 84. If I recall, the Thor stories weren't the full books. So rather than a 25 to 30 page story, we'll probably only have a 12 to 16 page story to talk about. So we should be able to get both of those in and that Rage of Thor one shot. Alrighty. Well, definitely want to thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us about the show itself or if you have any suggestions, you have any ideas of how to make it better. Anything like that, you can contact us at the Mighty Thor Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. The website is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. And we also do have our fan page up on Facebook, and it is the Mighty Thor Cast rather than the Mighty Thor Podcast, which is what everything else is called. So, uh, Three different ways to get in touch with us. I'm sure after 
two or three episodes will be on iTunes. Um, when that gets set up, I'll be sure to give you guys a heads up that we're also on iTunes. You'll have an opportunity to, to write uh, reviews there on, on iTunes also. So it'll be another way of, of giving us feedback. Definitely want to thank Mr. Uh, Mr. Derek Coward. Uh, he is the granddaddy of the comic book noise family of podcasts and, and, uh, over them, the Deliberate Noise Network, of which Comic Book Noise family is a part of, and now he is the granddaddy to what he has affectionately called the Moore family of podcasts, because uh, myself and several members of the family and acquaintances have um, a handful of podcasts that all use the Deliberate Noise slash Comic Book Noise Network as their home base, so he is very highly responsible for pretty much my entire podcasting career. A uh, couple appearances back in the day on a couple other shows, but as far as my podcast, the ones that I host, Derek is, is responsible for those. So definitely thank you very much, Derek. Uh, Terry, um, anything anything else you want to say on the way out? I'm just I'm excited about learning Thor. And getting into the adventure of comic books. Well, cool beans. There we go. And uh, just so you guys know, we did consider using the names on the show of Tooth Grinder and Tooth Nasher, but we decided against it. Um, those of you that know who those are, you're in pretty good shape. Those of you that don't know who those two names are, if you want to keep listening to the show, you probably ought to look those up. Get a little bit of background on those because those are a pretty big part of the Thor mythos. And if you don't find what those are, then just give me some feedback and tell me what the name of Thor's hammer is and you're good to go. So, all right, guys. Well, we will see you again in a couple weeks with some more Thor goodness. Until then, uh, you guys just keep on reading. See ya. See ya.